Welcome to the EFTM Formula One podcast. Trevor Long, Connor McNally, Harry Tucker with you. Thanks to the great people at KO Sports. And uh, we're here for the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix, the very first one. And um, Harry, before we get into the break, breakdown of everything that happened, um, are we suggesting a KO Mini for a full race watch? I'm pleased to say that you can watch the whole race this time. My only other thing to add is you've probably got about 40 minutes of red flag and you can fast forward, but otherwise it's a full watcher. Connor? Yeah, I was having a thinking about uh, before you got on air, I was thinking you do the KO mini, then listen to us and then watch the whole race. But I have to agree with Harry, watch the whole race, uh, but then fast forward through the red flag bits. But yeah, whole race. Oh, now you've actually got me thinking there because I actually, I was with Harry there originally thinking, just watch it, but know that there's going to be some stoppages to fast forward through if you're worried that it's going to look like it's going to take too long. But I wonder, uh, I guess you can't really watch a mini and then later enjoy the whole thing. It kind of ruins it all. But I would watch the whole thing. Yep, I'd watch the whole thing because, and we'll talk about it, but, you know, it gets you going. It gets you going. So pause, go watch the whole thing, and then come back and unpack it with us. Thanks to KO. And uh, just one more race left. So if you haven't got KO, haven't sampled KO, sign up for an account. At the very least, sign up for an account for a KO freebie so that you can enjoy uh, practice at the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix uh, for free as a part of the KO Mini. And then uh, sign up. 25 bucks will get you the, uh, the full race live and uh, multiple camera angles and all the different things. Plus, the cricket season has begun. So that's got you covered on KO as well. Boys, whew. I don't know where to begin. The um, the race results are Lewis Hamilton, Max Verstappen, Valtteri Bottas, Esteban Ocon, Daniel Ricciardo in fifth, Pierre Gasly, Charles Leclerc, Carlos Sainz, Antonio Giovinazzi and Lando Norris in tenth. But I would have to say, and we are reminded, we record this immediately after the uh, the race. We haven't even seen the podium yet, um, the podium presentations. This is somewhat provisional because there is an, an investigation still pending, which we'll get into. Um, Harry... This, this was a clean start, remarkably, yeah. because there's been a bit of drama uh, at this track um, in all the support races. Yeah, and it was, especially in, in F2, just before that, there was a bunch of drama and a few instances through the weekend. It's fast, it's it's sort of quite narrow. And in that first corner, like we were all quite convinced we were going to see some drama, but it was actually really impressive to see how cleanly they got through. Like you, you made a comment there that, you know, these are the best drivers in the world. And that was just such a good example of the whole grid, even... Even Mazepin showing that uh, he, he's not a bad driver compared to you and I. Thank you for reminding me about my comment about these being the best drivers in the world because that really did age very quickly <laughs> uh, as a statement as the race went on. Connor, uh, we, um, you know, we definitely expected more action on the first lap, but it didn't take mm. long. Um, although I have to say I made a comment to my son and, and I think to you guys as well, at lap two, and this is a very early point to make this statement. At lap two, it looked like this was going to be very processional because essentially we already had 1.5 second gap between pretty pretty much every single car on mm. the track. And Connor, I don't know about you, but I was thinking that's uh, what we're in for for uh, an hour and I a half. I was here. probably expecting the same thing where I was probably was going to lie down on my couch and probably sort of doze off for a few laps here and there. But uh, no, nah, it didn't even come close to it as the race progressed. I mean, uh, we, we knew it was going to be a very fast circuit and everyone predicted it was going to be the fastest race in Formula One history. As it turned out, nowhere near it. Hmm. It was just the, absolutely chaotic. And as you said, Harry, we saw a lot of incidents in the support races. So I could only assume that, yeah, you know, it was going to carry over into Formula One, and it certainly did. 
in the early laps, boys, I was kind of monitoring. There was not really much among the grid in terms of tyres, other than Lando on softs, but um, there's a mix of hards and, and mediums there. I, I observed that at some point we had, so we had Charles Leclerc in fourth, McLaren in sixth and ninth, Science in 12th, looking at that from a you know third place in the constructors battle. By lap eight, it looked to me like Science and Ricardo were getting some pace on the hard tires, getting up to eighth and 11th. So it kind of looked like the hard tires were going to come into their own. And at that point, I did think Harry, that we were going to see a little bit of tire um, strategy, um, perhaps some, some passing if the tyres came into their own at the right point in time. I think that was the only mm. thing that we had going for us at that point. And I think it probably would have if we didn't have a few of those incidents. Like even, you know, towards the end, we saw Max on the mediums was yep. was starting to lose a lot of speed. So I think if there wasn't those safety cars that, yeah, it would have tyres could have become a much bigger thing. But obviously, uh, safety cars didn't happen and we got drama elsewhere, which was, for me, much better. Yeah, and they, it all began... <laughs> And literally, it all began with Mick Schumacher into the barrier, big time, costing me my nickname <laughs> Mazepin um, first retirement, uh, which, which was close, let's be honest. Um, but yeah, Mick Schumacher into the barrier, big time. And in to be honest, it was a, it was a predictable turn for this. Um, there'd been a few incidents in that spot, very high speed, uh, you know, complex, I think you'd call it, of, of turns and a, and a reasonable Asheville runoff into Tech Pro Barriers. And there's like four Tech Pro Barriers with a small amount of separation in between them. Um, he hit it hard. Um, it took, in my mind, it took a while for, them, for the marshals to get there, but we'll leave that aside. Um, they, they cleared the thing quickly, but then um, Michael Massey called a red flag. Um, and you have to assume that was because the Tech Pro was damaged. But Connor Hamilton was not happy. He was on the radio saying the barrier looks fine, everything's good, because Lewis Hamilton had pitted just a lap or two before the um, – well, sorry, he had pitted under the safety car thinking great opportunity, mm. switched to the hard tyres. Max Verstappen stayed out, but that was the problem for Lewis. Yeah, it was a it? massive problem because as soon as um, Michael Massey called a red flag, it basically meant that Verstappen got a free pit stop. It meant he could go into the pits under the red flag and change tyres without any consequence, and he was able to resume the race with a fresh set of mediums. So he was looking really good from that point on, and, and Lewis was not happy that, you know, he, he tried to do the undercut and it just didn't work out mm. for him. He was absolutely But I think, I think, Harry, it's quite critical to understand that, fortunately, there was no real, um, I guess, blow up about this because everyone knew it. We've yeah. had enough red flags, Harry, that we know this is what you can do under a red flag. Yeah. And I think there was even with that that there as well, and Lewis was was a bit upset about it. And, you know, going that fast, driving past there from the angle he's at, it wouldn't have looked like there was much damage. Nah. And there were, you know, we saw heard a bit of artificial uh tension being tried to be built by Crofty there, trying to claim that there was some kind of conspiracy, which which clearly was not a thing. I think for the for the FIA and, and Massey calling that red flag was also because it was not the first incident in that barrier. Mm. Um, and yeah, so they're all safety first, got to make sure, even if maybe it was a little bit overkill and it was a very quick repair, so it might not have been needed, but it's one of those better safe than sorry type of things. Exactly. Yeah. It's like a you know benefit of hindsight yeah. thing. It's all well and good to say that. But if Michael Massey had restarted this race and someone else had gone into that barrier and caused any sort of injury or damage that other than expected... Everyone would be down, coming down on Michael Massey. Exactly. So, you know, and I think Lewis would be the first, right? So, heat of the moment um, comment by Lewis as well. I, like. I think very much heat of the moment. I think you're right about Crofty building it up a bit much. See, but at that point, 
I think it's also fascinating now, and you know, we'll never really know what the truth is because if you ask uh, Red Bull right now, did they plan to leave Max out because they were expecting another safety car, which is what I thought, or because they believed it would be red flag? They'd probably say they thought it was going to be red flag because of the damage, but they didn't really. There's no way mm. you would have assumed a red flag, I think, Connor. I think that in the end, um, Red Bull were probably hanging out for another safety. I think they were yeah, just hanging out for a little longer to, you know, for the race to resume. And if there was another incident, then change the tyres under a safety car. But I think it all became academic in the end because as soon as we got underway again, we had another incident, which caused another red flag it's stoppage. F- it's quite remarkable because there was this moment in the red flag stoppage, which, um, you know, Sky's obviously got to fill time here. It was about a 10, 15 minute stoppage, the first one. And they crossed to Anthony Davidson at the Sky Pad and he showed the first start, the, the original start, um, from the aerial shot. And it was brilliant because what they showed was that Max and Lewis, and this showed in the AWS reaction time data as well, Max and Lewis got a, got a reaction fine, but Lewis's first and second phase had him lengths ahead and ant showed this i don't know two three minutes before the restart the restart occurred and that's exactly what happened lewis starting from um from some second in the restart actually got past max on legitimate speed he he just he nailed it past the start and uh off the same reaction time he he got there got past and it was it was a clean clean start but harry it all turned to shit again when um, there was a bit of touching and, and rubbing down in the backfield. Yeah, I think the biggest casualty out of that was um, was it Sergio get out of that one or was yeah, that one Sergio before? lost no, out. Per- yeah, no, this is the one where Perez. Is, uh, yeah, and so the if you, and the onboard here of Perez was was absolutely fascinating because Perez actually handled himself really well in a tight turn through first and second. Um, he he had a car either side of him, but he he couldn't have probably remembered that. The track actually narrows. The, mm. the barrier narrows, and Leclerc had nowhere to go, and so they they essentially collided. I think racing incident style, and that put Perez out, caused a bit of drama, including George Russell, you know, slamming on the brakes, and Nikita been going up his bum, and another red flag. And I think even that one, Leclerc made the comment that Perez just forgot he was there, which it kind of just yeah. seemed like that. Yeah. But yeah, they the big damage there, but that was as big big for Red Bull because that's significant points that they've lost for the constructors. And with Valtteri getting good points as well, like that's that's really going to hurt that there. And it just really was was not the day for them, um, as we're getting to uh, as we go further. I think I, yeah, I, the- I think to be fair on Nikita as well. I mean, I know everyone everyone loves to give him a lot of shit, and sometimes and that's justified most of the time. Yes, we do. But I think in this instance, Nikita had nowhere to go with George, and, yeah. and that's just unfortunate. Now, ahead of, well, before that incident, in fact, uh, Lewis got that great start. But Max, uh, I mean, I'm trying to remember it in my eyes, but Max essentially went around the outside and cut across, yeah. um, um, essentially pushed him to the left again. Um, him, him and Lewis, Max and Lewis essentially had to restart the corner. Esteban Ocon flew ahead of them. Um, and so now we've got a situation where there's a red flag, but on track you've got Esteban Ocon. Um, in second, because Max did manage to get past him. So Max Ocon Lewis is the order as they come into the pits under red flag. But this, Harry, is where it gets really fascinating. Michael Massey on the team radio to each team, Red Bull and, and um, Mercedes primarily, talking about basically negotiating 
what should happen with Max having mm. essentially gone off the track and regained um, a place, probably should need to give it back. He negotiated over the radio that the start order would be Ocon, Lewis, Max. Yeah, it was. I don't think I've ever heard anything like that where it's sort of like, here is what we're thinking for the penalty. Do you agree? But <laughs> I wonder, is it because of the timing? Like, is that something that yeah. normally would have gone, you know, to stewards and then an appeal period potentially, even though that's still only over a relatively short period? But they had 10 minutes or so for the whole thing. Um, you know, I think Martin made the made the point, Harry, that normally like a racing and it's uh, uh, a positional change like that, you know, Max, you need to give the position back, would simply be um, Michael Massey saying to a team, we think you should give the, t- the, the position back. And if he does, it's over with. If he doesn't, it goes to the yeah, stewards. Yeah, exactly. And so you're right. It's really just, Harry, they, they had the time to to negotiate it was like a little auction (laughs) that's certainly how it felt like it was sort of what's your best offer Uh, (coughs) excuse me um and red bull didn't seem to be too pleased when they found out that it was behind lewis and they seemed pretty happy when they thought it was just behind ocon yeah Uh, (laughs) whatever works best for us was uh was definitely the angle they were going for which of course what did you think of all that connor it was pretty pretty mad situation to hear all those it's been the best revelation of this year is the oh, FIA radio definitely. as well. Oh, yeah, it's been really, really good. I've got to say, there have been times where I've really questioned Michael Massey's decisions. I mean, I know it's he's not the be all and end all. Obviously, the stewards have to make the decision, but like he's got so many you know channel feeds going on around him, and he's trying to delegate the right decision to every team. And like he's look. I can be. Well, I think it can be critical of him at times, but he's handled the job very, very well. I mean, I would not want to be in his position right now. But there's never been as much scrutiny of that position. Let's be honest. Charlie Whiting mm. never had a, a camera on him, a radio on him, in the same way. I don't think Charlie Whiting was actually that. Um, I think Michael is much more proactive in this role. I think he had to 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 own it and to to uh, maintain the role. To be honest, but I think that's just the modern Formula One. I think someone realised that we need this. This role actually plays a huge part in the sport, so we need to put a spotlight on it. And I don't think it's been a bad thing overall, to be honest. I think that's that's been a fun part of it. But look, they they negotiated the grid. They went back out on the grid. And this was the third start of the race, so the second restart. And Harry, I mean, oh, I guess I expected carnage again. Yeah, I think we all did. But once again... There, there was no carnage, but Jesus, Max just sent it up the inside of both Lewis and Ocon. It was a great start from Max, but then, you know, as we saw as he got to the corner, it was probably a little bit too good of a start, um, and he ended up cutting the corner there and, and just sort of, yeah, getting getting in that spot there, which ended up getting in a bit of trouble. Was that the one that he ended up getting the five seconds? It was no, so I think it was the next one. No, I think it was the few laps later. This race, yeah. right? There's so many things. I'm unclear what penalties was caused by what because there was so much happening so fast. It's not been made clear. Let's be honest. Yeah, they because they, they they handed down a um um they handed down a, a penalty to Max like with with five or ten laps to go in the race, which actually applied to an incident that happened two incidents earlier and so it was quite confusing but um you know max sending it down that inside on turn one literally just like it it was an epic move and and it's to his credit that's probably that's the driver of the day moment if you like um but there was a lot of other moments which should have deprived him of that title um unfortunately it's a public vote i mean a lot of dutch watch the show the show yeah yeah, yeah. um connor we had a lot of debris on the mm. track from Seb and Kimmy getting together, which required 
uh, Fernando to take the team leadership role and tell the stewards that there needed to be a virtual safety car to clean yes. it up. Um, but here's the thing. It, it gets literally crazy because Lewis gets Max on DRS. Max then flicks across on turn one. This is that moment that he gets penalised for. I, I'm pretty sure this is the moment he gets penalised for because Lewis got him on, on DRS, <clears throat> but Max gets it back outside of that turn. And I think, Harry, that's where he got right. penalised. Yeah. 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 It, make, it makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. Um, I, I think Max definitely went off the track. There's no question about that. And we, we were talking on our, on our WhatsApp group that he had to be penalised. He had to be penalised and give the place back. So... It's it, from there on, as soon as that happened, things got really, really yeah. dirty, I think. <laughs> Exceptionally dirty. Because you've got you've got a, a, a Max going around the outside, cutting across, and therefore there's conjecture now about does he give the place back? Now this is where it gets complicated because if that's the moment he got penalized for, well he did actually give the place back. So mm. the, the actual number of times Max gave a place back is excess in excess of the number of times he needed to. But he's at full speed, not on the back straight, on a, on a reasonable uh, bit of bit of turf, um, solid speed, left-hander, and he's over to the right-hand side. Now, Lewis comes up on him quite dramatically and hits him. Uh, but he hits him because he, tries, he realizes he can go past. We know as viewers, Harry, that Max has been told to yep. give the place back. Lewis clearly does not. That's what I was in the few minutes between, you know, when we were chatting and, and going on here, I was thinking about what the, the drivers were saying in those post yep. interviews. And it seemed like, you know, at least half of these incidents were caused by just miscommunications from the teams, not, not getting onto the drivers in time. And then in a track like this, where the barriers block you from being able to see what's around the next corner, when it's so fast, when it's so thin, like it's it's so important, and I think that that particular incident, while it looked like Max kind of maybe turned a tiny bit back into the track, I think a lot of the blame for that is probably the miscommunication from the teams to the drivers. So, Connor, I don't know. Let me let's have a think about this. I there's so many ways to look at it. I am quite conflicted. My my first viewing of it was um, Max slowed way too much. And also moved to the left a bit. So he was on the right-hand side of a – and off, I think now viewing it again off the racing line. But he did move then to the left, and that's when Lewis was caught out by by his move. Mm. But, um, you know, Martin made the point a couple of times that, like, if Max had a failure, like if his engine lost power, why would Lewis downshift behind him? you just pass him. So – there is, it's a bit confusing as well. It, it is very confusing. And I mean, it's not the first time we've seen something like that happen. I can remember 1998, Belgian Grand Prix in the wet when David Coulthard. Can you really yes, remember? Yes, I can. This? I Jesus can Christ. remember. 98, Michael Schumacher was leading. David Coulthard was a lap down. And in the wet and Belgium, you cannot see a thing. Schumacher came up right behind, was about to, and tried to move past Coulthard, clipped him, and took him out of the race. And, and Schumacher. Complete misunderstanding, thought Coulthard deliberately blocked him and took him out. And we saw what happened in the pits when Schumacher ran up to Coulthard and tried to throttle him. So we obviously didn't see that with Verstappen and Hamilton this morning. But, you know, mm. it's just one of those... We want yeah, to. You want. I think people were <laughs> itching for something, you know, something physical to happen between these two because there is not a lot of love lost between 
Hamilton and Verstappen right now. You know, they, they you know, we've had a number of incidents throughout the season, Silverstone, Monza, now this. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it did feel like, Harry, did feel like a lot of this was heat. Oh, it was, yeah. It was, it was um, uh, anger. It was aggression. Uh, it continued all the way through because so what's what's remarkable to me is that Lewis has it looked like a big smash, but it actually wasn't. It was just a um, front wing end plate, um, you know, destroyed, but just taken off Lewis's car. Lewis still has speed to great lengths uh, yeah, his lap. after that. So it's like, can we just reconfirm why we have the end plates on the car? But anyway, um, <laughs> uh, Harry, I think that that was fascinating because then Max um, then gave the place back within 100 metres of a turn, let Lewis pass, and then un- overtook him under brakes, mm-hmm. which I looked at and went, that didn't seem fair. Nah. That didn't seem like a proper give That back. was not. Like, mm. You blinked and you but, missed the whole give But then back. he gave it back again. Yeah, I think he I think he left, ran out of tyres. I don't know if he meant yeah, to Yeah, he ran back. out of tyres at the end. I think it was just coincidence at that timing that, that his tyres were dead. Because like, then the team was obviously trying to get him to get far enough ahead of Ocon at the time to be able to safely do that pit stop to swap the softs mm. and get fast lap the race. And he could never get there. So I think he, well, look, his tires at that point had just died. It was, it was a, <laughs> was a 60 lap race, 60, 50 60 lap. 61 50 lap, lap race. 50. Oh, 50. Was it yeah. 50? I'm, yeah, that's how long the red flags were. <laughs> really? 49. Anyway, um, <laughs> I find that remarkable. I'm sure it was any more than that. Anyway, um, the Matt Lewis got passed on lap 44 and, just gapped him from there. As you say, his tire, Max's tyres were gone. Lewis had the hards. Max had the mediums. Um, but a heartbreaking last lap for Esteban Ocon, who had a who had a you know, few seconds on Valtteri Bottas. He held off Daniel Ricciardo. Valtteri Bottas got past Ricciardo. And then Valtteri Bottas, Connor, got him oh, on the line. And I, and I think the, the end objective for <laughs> Valtteri from Mercedes was get that podium. We need the, we need the gap on the Constructors' Championship and... He got him right on the line. Just just beautiful to watch. And uh, it was quite clear that Valtteri had the pace and had the speed. And we know that the the, mm. the Alpines, against the Mercedes, they're, they're kind of behind in terms of their performance at the moment. But it was just heartbreaking to see Esteban just go, oh, so close. But it was just joy for Mercedes because <laughs> not only did Hamilton win the race, but they were very happy that Valtteri, Valtteri got that podium because, as I said before, it's points for the constructors' championship, and they're still leading it going into the final race next week. That re- they absolutely are. Yeah, the, sorry, Harry. I, I was going to say the reaction in the garage, the Mercedes garage, from that was so good. Like I would yeah, love, it was a, genuine. Oh yeah, I would love a camera just on Toto every race because yes. his yes. expressions are incredible. Like he's from despair to pure joy, and yeah, that was it's a good it's a good reaction. Uh, we will put that request into KO for a, a Toto only camera because that's one of the things you can do on KO is you can choose multiple angles. Whether you're on Chromecast or Apple TV, Apple TV is the best because you can do four shots at the same time. Chromecast, you can normally do one and, and a picture in picture. And um, just a final plug for the good people at KO. Oh, mate, Bathurst yesterday, I literally, we watched the first hour and a half um, like a you know normal screen and then my son said we should put the race view on, KO race view. And we, we chose it with um, um, the main view helicopter view, in-car view, and they had a camera at the S's yeah. permanently on. Now, I feel sorry for that camera because I was watching his work all day um, <laughs> and, it, and it was weird to watch. But it was such a great – got to tell you, it was the best way to watch Bathurst ever because you could – 
you could see from the onboard, you could just follow someone or on the, on the chopper shot, you could see a better angle than the director had chosen to put live. It was awesome. So you can, uh, you can do that on Kaya with the Formula One as well. So we've got one more race next week with Kaya. You can sign up at kaiasports.com.au. Now, just from a team and driver perspective, let's just have a look down the, the placings a bit. I mean, it's remarkable that we went, I think, the whole race. So let's say it was two and a half hours of coverage. I think we saw 37 seconds of Daniel Ricciardo, <laughs> um, who finished fifth. In fact, frankly, we only saw a minute at best of Esteban Ocon mm. as well. So from a director's point of view, I know the battle was there, but I do feel like it was poorly done because we missed, we even missed Valtteri um, getting Ocon on the line. They had to replay that. Um, it was, it was a bit disappointing because there was some good stuff happening down, down the, down the order. In fact, I'd like to see how Lando got through because Harry, he ended up in 10th and yeah. he restarted the the final restart in 15th or 16th. I've got no idea. Like, even just looking through it now, I there are at least half the drivers that finished. I have no idea how they ended up, where they ended up. Giovinazzi, yeah. I had no idea he was ninth. Like, I, I don't think we even saw one single frame of his car the entire race. Same with Lance Stroll and Latifi, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit disappointing because Fernando um, was apparently having some struggles, so he he was a lap down at the end. Yuki um, had a had a had an off, uh, had a had wing damage, so you can see why he was at the end, and so did Kimi have a wing replacement. So you can see why they're at the back. But you know, give us more about Fernando's struggles. But um, one of the things, and we'll get to the championship points in a minute, but. It was actually like a great result for Daniel up in fifth, but unfortunately for him, um, the Ferraris benefited obviously from the strategy in the red flags as well, Connor, yeah. because Ferraris ended uh, seventh and eight. So it's probably apart from Mercedes, the strongest result was Ferrari, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And I think McLaren were kind of hoping that Ferrari in McLaren signs would finish a little bit lower in the top 10, like eighth or ninth, because that would help them in terms of the battle for third in the Constructors' Championship. So, I mean, that's still to play out. But at, at this point in time, I, I don't think McLaren can finish third in the Constructors' Championship this year. I think it's very mm. fair to say that Ferrari have got it, that they've they've been good in the second half of the season. And I, and I thought McLaren were looking good to have a very strong second half yeah. of the season, but these last few races have been really well, weak for them. I think you're right. So let's run through the Constructors first then, because um, I think you're right on Ferrari. They've got two way too much of a gap on McLaren, but still not a terribly disappointing result for McLaren to be fourth in the championship, well, well ahead of everyone else. What, what are the numbers now on the certainly the world championship? Yeah, fight? so Mercedes still in front of Red Bull, 587.5 to 559.5. So that can still go the way of, of Red Bull if Mercedes have a catastrophic failure next week, which I, I see unlikely. on highly unlikely. Ferrari, 307.5 points to McLaren's 269 as I said, fair to say that Ferrari will probably wrap up third in the Constructors' Championship. It's a great fight back after the disaster that was mm. last season. But fourth place for McLaren, nothing to be sneezed at. It's a pretty decent result. In the battle for fifth, Alpine still ahead of Alfa Tauri, 149 to 120 points. So that haul points tonight, or this morning, I should say, definitely helping Alpine in this final stands of the season. Then it's Aston Martin, 77, Williams, 23, Alfa Romeo getting 13 points now on the board and Haas with a terrible race tonight, two early retirements, still on no points. I'd put my money on that staying exactly <laughs> yes. in that order. I was very short sure I was just about to ask you that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the, um, now, I want to talk driver standings. After we talk driver standings, I do want to talk a little bit about driver um, driver standards because there was a lot of conversation yeah. about that with Max and, Max and Lewis, so we'll do that quickly before we wrap. But the driver standings, 
is easily the most exciting final race of a season. I don't know. Connor, you're the memory man, probably <laughs> oh. ever. Um oh. With Max and Lewis going into the final round on equal points, which means we're starting all over again. It's as they say, you know, it's a, it's the season starts again with zero. But what's fascinating is if Max and Lewis both fail to finish, Max wins the championship because he's had more wins this year. So that puts a little bit of extra pressure on um, on Lewis, and um, uh, it's going to put a lot of focus on Max if anything does happen. Absolutely. So just reiterating. Verstappen and Hamilton tying on points. So basically, we're back to parity. So reset the clock. We're going straight out. First driver home wins. But if they both retire, Verstappen wins on a countback. Third at the moment is Valtteri Bottas on 218 points. Sergio Perez, well, that that retirement this, this morning really hurt him. He's now in fourth. Then it's Charles Leclerc moving up to fifth now in the standings. He has taken over the spot from Lando Norris. Mm-hmm. So 158 to Norris is 154. And Norris will not be happy with that. Carlos signs he could also overtake Lando Norris going next into next weekend. He's on 149 and a half points. So Lando could really lose out. Daniel Ricciardo 115 points. He's 15 ahead of Pierre Gasly and then Fernando Alonso on 77 points in the top 10. So Harry, there was a, there's obviously some conversations to be had about mm-hmm. the um, the performance of Max on the main straight uh, and the way he handed back that um, that that place or tried to hand back that place. But there's also a question. I actually noticed this. It didn't really get highlighted in the coverage, but there's a question about Lewis when he passed Max on the inside of turn one. I think it was. He then took a very wide run, you know, kind of through the turn, mm-hmm. which essentially pushed Max off the track. And he was essentially warned during the race. Um, the Michael Massey came on and said that is very close to a, a bad sportsmanship flag. It's actually like, do you put it down to bad sportsmanship, or do you mm. put it down to just, you know, this is a world championship battle? I think, like most things, the answer is probably somewhere in the middle. Um, I think in a normal track, as in not a not a street circuit with with barriers and stuff like that, like it probably wouldn't be seen as much of a bad sportsmanship because there's more room, more runoff, seems less dangerous, things like that. Yeah. But because that, even though that there is that bit of a runoff on that turn there, it's still not much between that and the barrier, so it's a bit dangerous. Yeah. But on the other hand, he's just trying to take. He was ahead, I think, at that point. Like he was, it wasn't that they were side by side. He oh. he was ahead and taking, you know, the line that was most beneficial for him. And in that instance, I, I think that's just, it's just racing. Um, yeah. So, I, and so what, what's your ruling if there was an investigation on, uh, I think it's, or there is, I think he's Max. clean. Oh, Max. Uh, what about Max and the, the main straight, the, or the, not the main straight, the, um, the brake testing. Oh, I probably want to look at another couple of replays just to see how much that turn back. You, you, what worked. we need to see is that graphic that shows throttle, brake, <laughs> yeah. and and steering applications. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, you, you need I think, to see. I think Connor, that. that's critical. You need to see all that from both drivers' perspectives to see who, you know, how much brake pressure was being applied. And if Max's was a little bit more and a little bit more intense than what Hamilton was doing, uh, then certainly I think you need to apply the penalty. But then again, you go back to Brazil and you think should a penalty be applied? And mm. you saw what happened where after the race. Mercedes requested a request for review, got denied. So, you know, I mean, it's like it's game on now. I mean, it really is game on. So it'll be very interesting to see because now both drivers have been summoned to the stewards after the podium. And they're now, as we speak, as we're recording this, talking Talking to the stewards right now. Yeah. 
Yep, they're in with the uh, with the principal right now. I hope he gets the cane out. Um, <laughs> all right. Speaking so with driving standards, do you, yeah. do you reckon we're in for? And what you said about uh, obviously Max and Lewis can both crash out and Max can still win. Yeah. Are we in for a Sergio, you know, crash gate part two? Ooh. <laughs> I don't Could know if be. people, this is like my one slightly older Formula One memory from 2008. <laughs> With Fernando Alonso, Fernando Alonso, and uh, Nelson Piquet Jr. Yeah. Don't remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Singapore, two thousand and eight. I remember Singapore that. when uh, Piquet oh, yes. crashed oh, out course. to give Fernando the the uh, the sporting advantage. Well, that was literally um, um, uh, they were penalised in a, in a big way, yep. weren't they, Renault? That was um, under uh, Flavio. Yes. No. Yes, yeah, it was, was under Flavio. Flavio. It was. Yeah, that was. Uh, ooh, yeah, I don't think Red Bull's capable. No, of that, I don't think they would. They wouldn't. They wouldn't stoop to that low, really. But what do you, Harry Tucker? <laughs> what do you think if you had to go to sports bet right Oof. now? What are you putting on the world championship? Who, Lewis? I think. Connor? Oh, sorry, no, no, no. You, let, let, I want to hear what Harry has to say. Uh, no, oh, no, 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 well, no, I've no. already, I've already put money on Lewis. <laughs> I've put out. money. You've already put money. I've on. already put money on Lewis. He's going. I teach him ages ago. My reasoning is basically was is because of what happened today is that I think Max the pressure is there and I think yep. he's making a couple of little silly uh, judgments um, yep. and I think when it comes down to the wire it is that experience and that 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 steady head that that gets the win um, I I a hundred percent agree mm. with you because what I saw today, was the normal Lewis kind of, oh, that's unfair, this should have happened, do, 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 do. but I also saw Lewis much more controlled. And yeah. I th- actually think, I actually think that him hitting Max was a moment of control. He he didn't just zoom past. He he essentially took took pause to go, wait a minute, let me, and before he did something, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he thought before he acted, which was actually his detriment. But, you know, a lot of the turns, it was Max that was over-aggressive. It was Max that was in not the wrong, but Max that did the wrong thing from a, you know, calm sporting point of view. So if something's going to stuff up next time round, um, it will be Max that stuffs up. And I think that Lewis will be the beneficiary. And I think Max will look back on his season and realize that he cost himself the world championship multiple times. He's only young. So he'll learn. Uh, yeah. But, but as we discussed, you know, at the start of this year, I think it's, they've, they've missed the opportunity to make him the youngest yeah. ever uh, yeah. world champion. He's, he's, he's fast becoming, you know, almost a hoax in that sense. Do you know what I mean? Because it's like we keep talking about the bloke and I guess it's only this year they've finally had the car for him. But it's, it's a huge risk because what if next year they don't have the car mm. again? Like <laughs> this may be his only year. So he he needs to have a cool Boys, head. I, he really does. I, I wrote down uh, at the start of the season what our predictions were. Uh, we both oh, – Yeah, I know. I, you I you, you told me to write them down. <laughs> I, I remember that funnily enough, but I don't remember the predictions. Yeah, I've, well, we'll do it um, uh, at the beginning of next week's podcast. But I think we both oh. I think we both tipped Hamilton to win the world title. And we both actually oh. – I think one of us tipped Red Bull to win the constructors, and I tipped um, McLaren, well, not McLaren, um, Mercedes to win the constructors championship. So I need to I need to get that. It's sitting in my, my oh, it's right. sitting in my it's desk gonna, at work, but I will I'll bring it in. Um, it's going to dig out his notes. He can dig out a 1986 <laughs> race reference, but he can't dig out. Oh, I'll leave you alone. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a break. Well, I'll come back from Adelaide. All right. I got to say that looked like a phenomenally boring Grand Prix about five laps in, and it turned out to be one of the most interesting Grand yeah. Prix for all the not the right reasons. Let's be honest, but it is. I guess that's Formula One today, isn't it? Right. I mean, the other thing we should say in 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 wrapping, and we did discuss this in chat, was 
like as a track, it looks amazing. I can't wait mm. to drive it myself on the sim because I haven't done that, but it looks cool. But is it actually a, a, a racing track, a viewer's track, or is it a driver's track? Because, Harry, that's my problem is I yeah. don't want a track that the drivers love. I want a track that we love as viewers. And I think they kind of, it's funny when you hear them on the radio in practice sessions and things like that, and the team will be like, yeah, what's the track like? And they all, in, a, in particularly this track, they're like, oh, it's so much fun. I think Valtteri made a big deal about how much fun he was having on there. Yeah. But you can also kind of tell by how they're saying it is that they know that it's not going to be a good track for people well, to I think watch. Well, I think, Connor, it was George Russell at the start on the um, on the grid that said to Simon, he said, oh, look, I don't want to foreshadow here, but I don't think it's going to be easy to pass. <laughs> so yeah. I think they, they knew that. And that's the problem is we're designing circuits. This is a brand new circuit. And I said to you guys, the only way that pays off is that under the 2022 regs, this thing is a racing circuit. And I don't know if that's going to be the case, Connor. Well, I think the fact that the, the the actual venue itself was still being built and completed on the week of the actual Grand Prix itself. and I'll give him a pass on that. I, honestly, I'll give him a pass on that because it worked. Yeah. It's under lights. Like, it, it actually, actually looks, looks really cool. In the daytime, it looks amazing under they, lights. they finished the physical circuit, the pits. Like, do you know what I mean? Like as a... You got to remember, as a spectator event for the view, for the millions of viewers in, on on TV, it looks like it was completed years yeah. ago. You wouldn't know, it, other than it does look track, a really right? nice facility under lights. And I think the Olympics are always completed late, and they just put you know signs over exactly. it. Exactly. You know what can you do? I guess, but we'll we'll see. We'll see how that pans out over the years ahead because they've got a decade of that bloody circuit. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Jeez. Um, is it next week? We're back we are fine? back for one more race Jesus. next um, next Monday morning uh, from midnight. Sparrows again? No, no. Oh, from midnight. midnight. Oh, yeah. Okay. I don't think that's good. I think that's... I prefer sparrows. After <laughs> uh, two stopper midnight race, yeah. but anyway. Uh, all right, one. we'll be back. Thanks to Ko, Connor McNally, Harry Tucker, and Trevor Long. We'll be back next week with the final race of the 2021 season, which is the World Championship race. Because unlike ever before, it's going literally down to the wire. Boys, talk See to you then. then. Bye.